Good. What to do. Okay. We're good. We're just going to rock and roll right here on Facebook because you know what? You have to be here for this. Yeah. But as you guys know, typically we rock these episodes on both platforms, Facebook and Instagram. But everybody on Instagram is going to be able to see this on YouTube and in audio form on the podcast later on. Anyways, okay. now that that's out of the way, I have to introduce my, my guest today for, for episode number 12. Um, my guest is a legend of a human being. Uh, I'm going to let him further introduce himself, but Scott Barker. Welcome to the Open Art Collective, my friend. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, you know, I, I looked at what you're doing, and it's uh, you're doing some great work. So, you know, it's my pleasure to be here. I appreciate it, man. It's um, so give the those people watching, those people who will be watching after the fact, um, Scott's story. Scott's story. Oh boy! And we have an hour. <laughs> we might like, need an hour. Rock and roll with it, bro. Okay, well, I'll give you a little bit of where I am today, and then I'll go back to how I got here. How's that? Does that, does that works work? for me, my friend. Works for me. All right. So I would say I'm a uh, I'm a person who gets a bu- a bunch of crap done in a day. <laughs> does that say much about me? So I'm basically a business development guy. I'm I'm someone who is in the tech world in the Kitchener Waterloo Canada area. Uh, we like to believe us to be as the uh, Silicon Valley of Canada. So I'm hearing good things from up there, though. Yeah, so. definitely uh, a great place to be if you want to be in the tech world. That's for sure. In Canada, it's 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 the beehive. It's it's pretty great to be here. So nice. you know, I started a software company about five years ago. Um, recently, well, the last two years, I stepped away from it um, to do some other things and on. I would say more because my doctor told me it was time to. Um, so, and then you know, right now I'm working with a whole bunch of different companies on business development, helping them to grow. You know, we're launching a couple new companies, one in Buffalo to take startup companies from Canada across the border. Awesome. Invest money in with them, helping them grow into the U.S. sales cycle. Doing some similar things in Ottawa with uh, the same kind of concept. And then I, you know. I work from like uh, all the way from garage doors with a company called On Track Doors that I'm helping to build a tech platform to grow across the, the country, um, to great software companies, to cannabis companies, to so I've got my hands in a lot of different things. I do a lot of public speaking about my life. Um, I've got a book coming out soon wrapped around my life, but uh, to give you an idea of where I've come from, so at 12 years old I was sexually abused by a baseball coach. Something I never really dealt with, you know, um, I'd say within the first week of it happening, I went to someone and I, I said, hey, this is what's happened. And the response I got was the biggest, you know, concern that I would get was, hey, you know, you're going to ruin someone's life making an accusation like that. So from there, I uh, never spoke about it again, um, developed into a pretty decent hockey player, played junior hockey. You know, I, I always tell people I was just a fighter, but I would say, you know, a little <laughs> bit more than that. But. My biggest skill came with fighting. So um, through that, grew into a, uh, you know, I was a hockey player. In Canada, you're you're basically a you know, hockey player, a party animal, and you find a way to go out and have fun with lots of different women. Right. So I, I followed that path until I was about 20 years old. Finally met someone who was able to help me settle down in my life and kind of go, hey, you know, where is all this craziness coming from? And not really understanding it because I buried what happened to me. Right. I was really you know, doing a lot of things looking for a way to feel alive. But, you know, throughout all of that, at the end of it, I'd always sit back and feel nothing but emptiness. 
So I finally met someone who calmed me down. You know, we ended up uh, finding, spending time one on one as opposed to going out partying and doing all the crazy stuff as something that felt great. Um, ended up getting married at a young age, having, you know, I've got three great kids. Going through, you know, that was the calm part of life. That was where it started to feel like a little bit of normal kind of thing. Right. And, uh, you know, I was working at a, at a uh, automotive manufacturing plant here in Cambridge, which is a little area around Kitchener and, and Waterloo. And uh, I was working one night, uh, happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, and I got hit by a forklift, which basically buckled my knee, um, tore my ACL, my MCL, shut down the vast medialis of my quad muscle. So through that, went through lots of surgery, lots of pain, all that craziness, but I wasn't getting better. Um, and through that, um, I would say the place that I worked for just kind of let me sit at home and try to figure it out, find a way to get back to work. Um, right. That didn't go so well. You know, worked with lots of great people, lots of uh, amazing, you know, physiotherapists and, and, and different sports doctors, that type of stuff. But I wasn't getting anywhere. So I went to go back to work one day. My I stepped back off of a forklift, my hamstring, or so my knee popped backwards, ended up tearing my hamstring, tore my MCL again. And at that point, they just went, go home, you're done here. So I went home and, uh, you know, I had surgery again, was doing physio again, and I just started massively popping pain medication. And right. I would say the depression and, and the craziness started at that point in my life. Um, I hit rock bottom one day when I took my son, who was about a year and a bit old, out front of my house. I was still on crutches, and he bolted for the street and went right into the middle of it, and the car that was coming obviously stopped, and, and nothing bad, but it kind of made me realize I can't even take my son out front of the house and keep him safe. Right. So I would say that was when my, uh, my, my world started to circle the toilet bowl a little bit and um, I started getting more depressed, started taking more pain medication and one night um, decided I was going to say goodbye to everybody and I left my house. Everyone went to bed, I got in my car, left my house and I was, I planned to drive my car into an overpass of a, of the, like a street post of an overpass on one of our highways here. I remember the night like it was yesterday, man. It was crazy because it was pouring rain, and I drove up and down this road probably 20 times that night. And there was, you know, I, I teetered on that on that line of helpless to hopeless hopelessness, right. and I was I, I couldn't I didn't cross it. Um, I just for some reason that night I pulled over underneath that overpass, and I just started to ball my face off, and. For whatever reason, I had a friend who had just got on the police force who was working out in the rural area who was coming home at the end of shift and saw my car pulled over underneath this overpass, thought I was having car problems. Right. Got out, of his, got out of his cruiser, walked over, put my window down. He looked at me and he could just see it in my face. He was like, what's going on, man? So he uh, got me out of my car, drove me home that night, and uh, you know, it was some, uh, some pretty great things started to happen in my head at that point, realizing this wasn't my time. You know, there's more for me to do here. So, and, and I always make, you know, reference to my son comes to me in my dreams. It's crazy. So I had a, you know, he, uh, he was little, he crawled up on my, on, on the couch with me that day. I was, I had a, I was laying there sleeping. This was the next mm -hmm. day. And he just kind of put his head on my shoulder, looked back at me and with that face of, Hey man, like, what about me? You know, I'm, I'm here. 
And from that point on, I started to advocate for myself. So I went back to school. I got a business degree. Um, I started to build towards, you know, finding the life that I wanted. Um, through that, as I finished, was finishing my school, I got diagnosed with testicular cancer. So <laughs> a little bit of a crazy time for me. Um, you know, you finally feel like you're starting to get out of this. And then it's now, you just went through this point of thinking it was time to end your life. Now it's time to fight for it. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty uh, big change, right? It was like one, one surreal point to another. And um, so I went, you know, I had surgery and then started chemo. And that was when the blessing of my life began. So I am a four-time cancer survivor now. I've gone through it four different times. And in that very first uh, battle, um, the things that I was taught and what life started to show me, um, and it's, you know, it was a blessing for me. You know, it taught me what life truly was about, the things that I've done, the people I've met. Um, man, you know, I truly look at my life and I say, you know, I question what would have happened to me if cancer hadn't come into it because it's truly, um, it's been a blessing. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Um, I have to say that that's probably the most, um, storied story we've had so far. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems like it's quite a bit. It's crazy when I keep telling people it's a, when I say it, it sounds like a lot, but I've lived it. So it doesn't seem like it's that much. Right. Well, and I mean, and I knew that, I mean, yeah. I've, our, 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 uh, good friend Mike, who brought us together, um, shared with me a lot of prior content from other from other shows that you had been on and other audio and videos that had been recorded. And I knew that. And even watching you say it right now, like it was like I just heard it for the first time. Because, like, I mean, th this this is a show. And, and out of all days today is I'm one of those days where I'm so glad we're actually able to have this conversation because the music world had another loss today. Like the, the, this subject of matter around mental health and the stigma of, well, we can't talk about it. Like we have to break that stigma. We need to talk about it because if we don't talk about it, nobody's going to. Mm -hmm. And then we're only, then what's going to happen is we're going to continue reacting to circumstances rather than being proactive to them, which is really interesting because, and I've mentioned this in every episode, we're in this culture and ecosystem right now where it's all about the work. You gotta be proactive, you gotta go do, you gotta hustle, right? Like you have to do all of these things, but yet we are not proactive and we are not hustling. We are not on the offense when it comes to our own fucking mind. Like, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's funny. It's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this a little bit for you. And it's also about doing this. Right. Right. And, and, it's, and it's a choice that we have within our lives on how we want to live it. You know, and again, it's, it's, it's. I need one of those shirts, by the way. You'll get one. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. But 
Oh, by the way, for you guys listening, I'll have to like get a picture of the shirt and like put it somewhere <laughs> so that you guys can see. Because I keep forgetting that this goes into audio form too. Right. Um, but um, so you hit on a lot right there, brother. And um, I mean, from your story about the bridge and the overpass and or the overpass and and that one space, what? Can, can, what was going through your head? What made you keep driving past it and then back? Because obviously, you, if you drive past it once, you're past it. But yep. yet you kept turning around and going past it and then turning around. And like, what? Only because I think a lot of people in the world need to hear this right now. Yeah. What was going through your head in those moments? Because I've been there. I've been like, not, not in the car, but with the knife blade to the wrist. Yeah. And what what was going through your head, man? Yeah, that's funny. It's, it's, <laughs> I I could feel that nervousness in my stomach as you were talking about that. It's like, what were you feeling in that moment? You know, it was the I was helpless. I I, I was looking for something, and I was thinking to myself, like, I just don't want to hurt anymore. Right. But I also remember thinking but I, I don't know, like, this isn't, this isn't the way it's supposed to end. This isn't, you know, and, and if I drive my car into this post, am I, am I seeking or looking for someone to reach out to help me? And this is my fear or the way that I, I, I'm looking to ask for it. Or is it, or is it I'm hopeless to where I don't think that I can, I can really find this place in life, you know? And the reality is, is that, you know, the way my life played out, I was searching for someone to just say, hey, it's okay. It's not. It's okay to not know exactly where you are right now. But let's not give up on this because, you know what, one thing can change tomorrow and life can be unbelievable. Right. In that hopeless moment, that's when we don't think that we can have that great life. In the helpless moment, we're still searching for it. We want right. someone to at least say, hey you know what? I'm here. I've been there. Talk to me. Right. And I, I think being one that has battled depression myself, um, that is, that is it. We feel like we're alone. Like there's nobody out there that can, that understands our pain, that gets what we're going through, that really can empathize or know how we feel. <laughs> But it, and in those moments, you feel so alone. But then you realize, once you actually talk about it, you're not alone. I mean, you're my 12th guest on the show. I mean, 12 incredible human beings and their stories. Yeah. And every one of you guys will live on in my, in my, in like my mind forever because it's, I don't know. It just does. Um, well, you know, I, I come back to this. I say, especially for men, we have a fear of being vulnerable. We have a fear mm -hmm. of people hearing that we don't have this under control. We don't know how to fix it. We don't know what to do. Vulnerability is not a weakness. It is a strength. And when you create the opportunity to let yourself be vulnerable, you will learn true empathy for how people feel. And when you understand how they're feeling and you can put that into equated to how you're feeling, 
it just all comes together where it makes sense. It's we're not alone, right? We think that, and it's funny because I say this to people all the time in regards to cancer. It's like it felt like the most, you know, alone time that I've ever gone through. And, right. and no one understands it. No one gets it. But go to a room and ask people to put their hand up if cancers ever affect them. 97% of the people in the room are going to raise their hand, right? <laughs> and you start to sit back and you realize more people are part of this than than aren't, right? Like this is this is this is not abnormal, and it, it's the same thing with you know mental health. It's there's a stigma wrapped around it, like there's something wrong with me. No, you know what? There's so many people like me, and to be able to open up and say, hey, I'm one of them. I had to battle through this. I had to find my place. I had to figure out who I am. I'm a believer that we struggle and we put so much pressure on ourselves in regards to trying to figure out what's our purpose and what's our why. And we're never going to find it unless we know who we are. When we find out who we are, we find to start to find self-love, self-respect, and self-confidence. And then that purpose. Self -trust. That's it. Yeah, trust. Absolutely. You know, and then we're able to find out. Then that's when asked me what my purpose is. Right? My purpose is to be me. My purpose is to live my happy life, my true, authentic person. And I can share that with people in my life, the people that matter, and they're going to get the best Scott that's out there. That's right. how life is. I am so honored to know you, man. Like, <laughs> seriously, this is – I mean, these conversations aren't always easy ones, right? Like, us both having stared that down, the like, stared it in the eye and walked away. For all of us who have walked away and won, there have been 10 times that I've lost. I know. I know. And that's why I fight. Yeah. I, I mean, every year growing up and in high school, I lost a, one friend or one like classmate a year to suicide in just one class. Like, my, my graduating class was 320 people. And I lost a person a year. Like, and these were kids I grew up with oftentimes. Yeah. And because we, I don't know, that fucking stigma, man. Like that, by the way, everybody, we curse on the show, get used to it because this is real. This is raw. Literally, this is un uncut, unedited. Everything that you guys hear or see that's gone that Scott and I talk about, you guys will hear and see in the in where it goes when it ends up on YouTube and in audio form. Because again, the mission of this whole show and this whole collective, this whole mindset, this whole story is that my story might not resonate with you, but your story is gonna resonate with someone else. So who the hell am I to determine where you guys take your value from? So what you hear is what you get. The stutters, the the cursing, the the it's raw emotion, man. Yeah. What life's about. I mean, honestly, I, I I think that this is a mission that I want to put out to everybody who's listening or watching. Be more open. Like, you don't have to cut so deep like how Scott and I've gone, and it, we're only what twenty minutes in. Like, but be open. Just talk to people. Because when and be willing to be vulnerable, please. There is no shame in asking for help. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. I, 
I've done a lot with my life since I've gone through everything. I've competed in bodybuilding shows. I've got this, you know, I'm bald, muscular, goatee. It's this full look. And when right. I stand in front of people and I start to talk, they look at me and they go, who is that guy? You don't look like that guy. Well, there's a reason why that I talk and I look like this guy because everybody needs help. Everyone needs assistance every once in a while, whenever that be. And the fear of asking, saying, hey, you know what? I don't, I don't have it all together right now. Can you give me a hand? There's never anything wrong with that. That's true strength and personality. That's, that talks about the person that you are. And, there's, and, and, and that, that's only a positive thing. Right. It's funny. It's like I, you know, as I talk about it, I, I learned all of this. Like the, what I've learned about my life, I've learned it through obviously my a lot of my everything I've gone through is taught me. But my cancer battle, um, the first time, I met an eighteen-year-old girl in my treatment. Who made, I remember the story. He taught me the true meaning of life, and she was eighteen, and I'm in. I was in my like early to mid thirties. You think it should have been flipped around, right? Right. So, yeah, I walked into my first treatment. I looked around the room and I went, uh-uh, I ain't doing this. There was two older people that looked like they were already dead and this tiny little girl who looked like she was quite on her way to it. And it it freaked me out. Like I looked around and I was like, hell no. Uh-uh, this mm-hmm. is it. I turned around to leave and as I did it, I saw this little girl. She was 18 years old, 100 pounds soaking wet, five foot nothing. And I was getting ready to do a bodybuilding show, so I wasn't the littlest guy in the world. Right. She looked at me and laughed. <laughs> you know, it was one of those moments of, in my head, I had nothing nice to say to her. It was like some little shit. And, you know, I turned, I went to leave. Uh, my nurse calmed me down. She got me, you know, back to the, okay, let's get this done. Went over, sat down, started my chemo, and I'm looking across the room behind my book because I could feel this tiny little kid staring at me with this smirk on my face, and I'm cowering and hiding behind my book. And half hour into my treatment, um, hers ended. She got up, and she walked over to me, and she sat down and said, hey, how's it going? And again, in my head, I'm thinking, nothing nice. And I'm like, off, kid. Just get away from me. Look, what what am I going through right now? Life isn't great. She just sat there, and she talked to me. She asked me, you know, what my name was, what I did for a living, you know, all for two and a half hours after she just did three hours of chemo for two and a half hours. She sat there and talked to me. I didn't ask for help. She forced it on me, but it was the greatest thing that I ever got. It was a, a moment of, she realized I was afraid and I just needed someone to sit there and help me get through it. Right. You know, and for 18 weeks after that, that's what this kid did. did her treatment and then sat with me for two and a half hours. But what she taught me was what she said for 18 weeks. Yeah, we did chemo treatment for eight. It was it was every other week. So it was. Yeah. So wow. she literally would teach me something new every day. I, remember I walked in one day. And she had this great way of welcoming me when I wasn't in a good mood, right? She'd be like, hey, dummy, what's your problem? <laughs> and it, just the way she would say it would make us, you know, anyone smile, right? Oh, of course. Like, I'm I'm borderlining <laughs> emotional and smiling all at the same time right now. So I understand. Yeah, she, you know, and I, so I walked in the one day and she looks at me and she goes, hey, dummy, what's your problem? And I just went, easy. I'm not in the mood. And she just looked at me and she went, we're here. 
you know, we're here. She right. said, let me ask you a question. She goes, you know, think of this. When you die, you die. The people who love you, the people who support you, they're all going to be sad. They're going to mourn. They're going to hurt. Right. But when you die, they're going to live on. And she looked at me and she goes, so why don't you live your fucking life for everybody else? And I looked at her and I went, okay, you know? And that's when she started to teach me that my life was about me. It was about my happiness. I control it. And when I control that, I'm going to be the best person that I can be. And I'm going to share that with people. You know, we feel like we need to be out there and doing all this stuff for everybody else. And that life is about giving, giving, giving. Right. Not giving to you, you're never going to be able to give to anyone else. you got to start here. I failed it. This is an honest admission of fault. I failed at that for so long. For so long. I think we all have at some point in time. Right. Especially in business. I mean, I'm in the music world. Like, part of me is in the music world. Like, a very large part of me is in, is in the music space. Like, I gave everything. Like, blood, sweat, tears, time, money. And it's seven years later now, like literally to the day I started my company seven years ago, today. Congratulations. You're still there. And I, I didn't even, dude, I didn't even realize it until I was on a phone call with one of my business partners this morning and this prospective artist that we're talking to, who's a three-time Grammy-nominated artist that wants into what we're doing. And I was looking at my calendar, which is just kind of off to the right-hand side of me here, and... I, I, had, I realized I hadn't switched it from February to May. And so I'm going through it and I'm just looking at it because it's pictures of my family. It's a little calendar my wife made for me for Christmas. And I wrote my son's birthday because my son turns nine tomorrow. And uh, I'm like, holy shit, because I, I started this company one year before his ninth birth or his second birthday. And So to talk about kids, like the little ones coming in, like out of speaking, coming out of the blue ones trying to enter in my office right now. I can't do anything about that right now. <laughs> the joys of working from home. Thankfully, I've got Carter here and Carter is a godsend. Um, anyways. And the, it was, it's incredible what those little ones can do to lift you up like yeah this is i don't think this what i'm about to share i've ever shared publicly before i mean i've shared it privately in conversations but um my son was no it was the week before no the week the month after i started independent year um so 2011 my son just turned two. Um, I was going through real hell with my my now ex-wife. Um, she suffered a lot in with anorexia and bulimia and suffered with it for a decade. And I remember just being so angry because it's like she was taking everything away. And... Uh, I was in a job I hated. I mean, I loved what I, who I, 
my clients. I loved them. Yeah. But I hated the organization. And I don't even use the word hate. Like, if you guys watch last week's episode or listen to last week's episode, you'll know, like, I'm wiping that word from my vocabulary entirely. The amount of disdain I had for that organization. I, I mean, I was the unhappiest and unhealthiest I have ever been. I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. I was about two packs of cigarettes a day at my worst. I was 250 pounds. I was drinking a bottle of bourbon every other day, like half a bottle of bourbon a day. I despised myself. And the reason, and I noticed this, I was in an argument with my, again, now my, my now ex-wife. And um, in the midst of this massive argument, because she was, we're in good terms now. So I'm saying this with like a little bit of a jab gesture kind of thing. She was a manipulator and she could get in my mind and mess it up more times than I could would any, let anybody else. Um, but I'm like, why am I allowing this to happen? Because what I would do, and this was my, this was my addiction speaking. When I got uncomfortable, right? I would step away from that. Oh, I need to go make a drink or I'm going to go smoke or just even if that was temporary, even if it was 15 seconds to get that break, because I didn't want to feel uncomfortable. A couple of days after that, like I quit smoking altogether. I quit drinking. But I remember having this utter breakdown on my kitchen floor, like in the corner of my kitchen cabinet. Like, I was done. I didn't know what to do. I mean, I wasn't at like, I'm going to end it. But I was like, something's got to change. And my son, who was, like I said, just over two at the time, came up to me and said, what's wrong? Or in a two-year-old voice. So like, what's wrong, daddy? Kind of a thing. And uh, I lost it. I'm, I'm holding it back now, but like, it was, it was that moment that I'm like, all right, she's got to change because I wasn't doing him right. I wasn't doing his really little sister right at the time. And I sure as fuck wasn't doing me right. So I went all in on the company. I quit my job. I got a bullshit nine to five because I needed cash, right? Because, and I started, I keep in mind, I started independent year, year with no cash infusion. Like I had no money. Dude, seven years later, I still have not yet written myself a fucking paycheck from this company. <laughs> because for me, that org is not about that. Like I make money, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I mean, obviously I could always make more money and we'll talk about, we'll talk about other shit like that later because that's not what this show's about. But like, I remember even in my late 20s, like I was done. Like I was unhappy. I was unhealthy. Like if you ever saw old pictures from back in that time, I never smiled. Or if I did, it was those, one of those closed lip smiles that it was never like even any level of emotive energy like what you're seeing right now. But I knew something had to change. I knew something had to get better. So like, as it relates to, I mean, guys, mental health gets you. Like when you're least expecting it, when you're not waiting, when you're not wanting it to happen, 
you might think you're good. And then something just knocks you down and you can't get up. Right? Yeah. Like, I think it, it, it's the idea of not even recognizing that it's happening. You wake up, you feel a little bit shittier the next day. Then the next day is a little bit shittier. But in your head, wanting to be that strong person, well, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then one day, you're not. Right. That's, you know, that's that piece. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I, I, we're about midway point. I always interject this at this midway point. Like, if you guys are listening or watching and you've gotten this far, first off, thank you. Like, from the bottom of my heart, it means the world to me. Secondly, and if you're watching this and you're struggling, there are so many resources to help. If you, fuck, reach out to me. I will literally take a phone call from anybody because, I mean, my Instagram profile has my freaking phone number in it, guys. <laughs> you hit the call button, it rings this thing right here, right here. Like, text me, call me, please. Everything in that book before she passed away. And I sit back and I think, you know, the reality of knowing that your time is coming you still have that inner strength and confidence in yourself to live it how you wanted to live it, to do what you wanted to do and have the strength to accomplish it. What is that? If that doesn't breed inspiration, I don't know what does. That doesn't breed confidence, I don't know what does. It's at the end of the day, believe in who you are. Right. That, push it out into the world and make this life. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. No one is. Nope. Go do what you want to do with this life because, man, this is a beautiful place to be, you know. And if you live it for you, you live it for that inner happiness, that true person you want to be. I go to bed every day with a smile on my face and I wake up with one. I just feel like we're literally thousands of miles away from each other right now. And I feel your energy in like – so much right now just coming through that screen because it's we aren't guaranteed tomorrow right like when when this whole thing first started it was because nobody else was doing it or if they were doing it i wasn't here i didn't see it and it was because i was tired of reacting to shit like all right nobody's talking about it cool. I have, I have a voice. Yeah. I'll use it. And, but it's not just my voice. It's your voice. It's everybody else's voice that I have on the show. And because this isn't my show, this is ours. This is our collective. That's why it's called the collective. It's not just me. Yeah. It's very, yeah. You know, it's great. Cause it's, and I always tell people all the time, like, I don't have all the answers. I know what works for me. You know, and if I can share what worked for me and that resonates just a little bit with someone else, because I had an 18-year-old kid interject into my life and say, hey, dummy, pay attention to what life's about. Right. You know? And it's that mental side of doesn't matter what you're going through. Cancer is no different than anything else that makes you struggle with what you're going through. You know, It's just a, a different circumstance. Right. My life is no harder than anyone else's because it affects me exactly how whatever that issue in that person's life is affecting them. Right. Me being able to look at it and understand 
that, you know, from the things I've had, I've implemented in my life is, you know, when something hard happens, I can look at it and say, okay, what's, what is, what's its purpose? What is it trying to show me? Because I know that if I can start to, I'm a very thought oriented person. If I can right. understand it and look at it and go, okay, this is what it's teaching me. And now I've learned something. It's now a positive, that negative feeling has gone, you know, and I can actually start to focus on what the positive in that is. You know? um, and I, I, I fell in love with the movie Collateral Beauty with Will Smith. And it wasn't so great much, movie. Yeah, it wasn't so much the movie, it was the title. You know, that terminology, Collateral Beauty, we live in a world of collateral damage. It's that whole, you know, this bad thing happens and then we add to it negative, negative, negative. And it starts to spiral downward, downward, downward. But what I've learned, and I've been able to go back in my life and I've been able to see that with every one of these hard things that I've had to go through, the collateral beauty that surrounded me in that moment. It's unbelievable. The people who came right. in, you know, an 18-year-old kid, when she passed away, I have a little angel pendant that she left me when she passed. And, you know, even this, the idea of I'm a human. I have hard days just like everybody else. I wake up and I don't feel well and my head goes, oh, no, what's going on? I right. know I can go to this place and right away I can find that 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 strength and, and that peace that I'm going, hey, it's, maybe it's the flu. <laughs> you know, it doesn't right. have to be cancer, right? So the reality of it is, is you know, the, the beauty that surrounds you in those moments, if we take the time to see it, it's a choice to be able to say, open my eyes and look at this beauty that's all surrounded me in this moment. And then yeah. that tough time, it's still going to be hard, but it's not as hard. Right. And, and guys, like, Somebody told me this once a long time ago, and then, of course, I, I see it everywhere now. <laughs> nothing good ever comes easy, or nothing worth it ever comes easy, which means you're going to have to go through shit that's uncomfortable because it's when you get that level of, like, oh, fuck, I'm uncomfortable. Like, I don't like this, that you grow. I mean, it's just like working out. Like, look at Scott. How many days did you have after fucking leg day that you wanted to just like, I'm not going to even want to move. But yeah, you moved. Because it's like, it's that pain that causes growth. It's that discomfort that forces movement. And like, we've gotten fucking lazy. Yeah. As a populace, we've gotten lazy. We get attached to this thing. We care too much about what this thing has to say rather than what this has to say and what your heart has to say and what our voices fucking are. Yeah, we've, we've, we've grown into a society that we've learned that we can sit here and get things to come to us. Right. We don't go get it anymore. You know, and the reality is if you want, if you want this life, you've got to go get it. Right. No one's going to come to you and say, hey, you're going to have a beautiful life and not go through anything. Because the reality is, is if you don't go through it, <laughs> never going to learn and you're never going to grow exactly what you said if it's been handed to you with this silver lining what are you going to get from it it's the peaks and valleys that make life so awesome you know it's the idea of you're climbing a mountain sometimes you got to hang on to that little peak hang on take a breath and then you're going to start to make those other steps but when you hit the summit and you start looking over the summit and you see the beauty beyond it man those little peaks and valleys no longer have hard meaning they're actually part of the memory of the greatness that took you to get to that spot. Right. I look at my life and I'd say everything I've gone through is a beautiful moment for me. 
because of what it's taught me and how it's taught me to live. I'd live this way today, the way I live, for another month before I'd lived 10 years of the person I used to be. Right. Yes. And see, a choice. Yeah. It all, it all, it's all a choice. Yeah. We can choose to get happiness. We can choose to be to become self-aware. We can choose to love, respect, trust, not just ourselves, but other people. I mean, I put, I put this post out on social a couple of weeks uh, earlier this week. It was the, the simple word trust, but I didn't want it to be trust as it related to like how much I trust you, but it was how much we trust ourselves because we put ourselves down so much. Yep. For no reason. You know, and, and it, exactly that. It's self-trust and that self-love. They kind of come in hand in hand, right? Because we're so hard on ourselves that we'll love everybody else. And we'll give ourselves the last little bit that might be left over. And, right. and how do you, if you don't love who you are, how are you going to trust that person? You know, and to me, it's again, it's the same as, you know, empathy having and vulnerability. They come hand in hand. Right. You know, it's hard to have one without the other. But when you right. look at it, who should you trust more? Like the, the reality of life is if I can't trust in, in who I am, how can I have anyone else feel trust for me? Right. You gotta lead by example. Yeah. I've never heard leading by example reference to that way, but it's brilliant. Or not referenced that way, but not referenced in that capacity. Because, I mean, we always lead by example in, in work ethic and productivity and all this, that, and the other, but not referenced in that way. If I looked at you and said, hey, trust me, I don't trust me, but you should trust me. You know? <laughs> you going to trust me? Probably not. I literally never thought about it that way. Wow. It's no different. It's like it's everything that comes back to the love piece. You know, you want to be loved, but if you don't love yourself, how are you showing other people that you're lovable? Right. Hard, right? So, again, it's, man, what I've learned in life is truly that. It's, this is my life. You know, people are going to share it. Right. Nobody can make me feel anything. The only person that controls that is me. I had a friend who was going through some, uh, some some PTSD issues, and I went to see him one day, and it was it was in uh, getting some therapy done. And he said, "I learned the greatest thing today." And I was like, "Awesome, share that with me. I want to hear it." And he goes, right. you "Know that you can't make me feel anything." And I looked at him. I go, "Okay, yeah, it makes sense." He goes, "You could punch me in the face, but you can't make me feel pain. I choose that." I choose how I react to you doing that to me. And I went, that's brilliant, man. Because you have the choice. Are you going to feel pain, anger, sadness? You choose that. In every moment when we're facing something, we have the choice of how it affects us. Nobody else does that for us. That is fucking brilliant.
Okay, yeah. for those for those listening, watching, ex- absorb what Scott just said, please. That literally, my mind just got blown, and that doesn't happen very often with me anymore. I've seen a lot of shit, experienced a lot more, and that just hit me like a fucking punch to the face <laughs> in the best of ways possible. <laughs> like, and you get to choose how that makes you feel. See how that is? That makes me feel like fucking relieved. Honestly. I mean, cool. Like, yeah, I control me. I get that. But, and I control what I do, but choosing how to let other people or how to not let other people affect how I feel. That's, you know, it's, wow. it's, it's, it's a, I've, I've, I've gone through a lot, I've had to do a lot of work and I would never sit back and tell someone it was easy because it was hard. But the right. cool part about it is that it's now my default setting. So living, it's easy. You know, it was hard to get here, but it's damn easy to live here. Right. I mean, so much wisdom from this I don't know if we can even pack any more wisdom in like this is I'm gonna have to re-watch this like seven times this weekend just to like pull stuff that I might not have catch that was subtle yeah. but um that comes back to the idea of, of that collateral beauty right like when I look at everything that I've learned it's come from everything I've had to go through Right. So I can look at my entire story and see so much beauty in it. Right. And, and from that mental health standpoint, when I'm able to see so much beauty built around me, you know, it allows me to feel very safe to say, hey, I need some help. Say, hey, right. you know, something's not going on. Something, something in here isn't going on that's, that needs to be occurring. Right. Talk, I need, you know, I need to sit with someone. You know, everybody thinks that, you need to be able to uh, have the right thing to say. And that's bullshit. You know what? Sometimes it's just, you know, sit there beside me and shut up. Right. And that's all you need. And that's even if I'm quiet too. <laughs> right? Like, I've had those moments where I'm literally just sitting next to someone that's struggling. We're not talking. No. Nope. But we're speaking volumes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's just that mind. I sat with a, so I do a lot of work with people who are going through cancer. I, I you know, I, I hate to say it's, it's like a, I would, people call me this, like it's more of a mentor, but it's not. It's, you know, I just give them my time because yeah. they're afraid. And I've of been, course. and there's so much safety and security being able to talk to someone who gets it because they've been there. Mm-hmm. And I was working with a guy who was, you know, in his early 30s and, when I met him, he was in a phase of getting better. And three months later, he was in hospice. And I remember sitting with him. And it was one of those moments of, you know, a blessing for me. And an unbelievable moment of my life. When I looked at him and I said, I'm sorry. And, and he looked at me like, for what? And I said, I wish I could have done more. Right. He looked me in the face and he went, get the fuck out of my room. 
I'm like, easy, man. Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to have this heartfelt moment with you. Right. And he goes, you know, that's a slap in the face. He goes, you, what you guys did, and what we did was we raised a bunch of money and we paid for things service providers. Right. Um, our insurance wouldn't pay for, so alleviate debt, allowing people to do different things, have different treatment. You gave me back three months of the life I never thought I would have. I walked down the street with my dog, my daughter. I played Frisbee. I never thought I would see that again. And it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, yeah, I get why he was so offended at me apologizing. You know, but it's the simplest of things, right? It was, it was the idea of we feel like we have to do so much more. And right. it just things that we don't even realize that make a difference for other people. You know, you would have said to me back in my hockey days when I was this crazy fighter that I would have an 18-year-old girl teach me what life was about and show me strength I never understood. I would have laughed at you. Right. That's my reality today. She's my angel. I truly believe that, you know, I've gone through cancer a number of times since, and I believe it's that little shit up there. This is what she gives on you, dummy from the above there. Exactly it. it. It seems to enter my life when I'm losing focus on what we taught and how I want my life to be. I'll bog down with work. I'll do some. It's the idea of I'm not paying attention. And this is when I back to focus. So it's what connects us. It's what, you know, and I, I honestly, there's days when I've been driving in my car, I'll look up and go, hey, come to me in a dream or something would be great. You don't have to right. or this at me. But I get it, right? And there's a reason why I've gone through it so many times, and I'm still here. I continue to be here, you know. And there's, you know, to me, I, I've become a believer that everything happens for a reason, and that's my belief. Um, and I'm a very, very blessed man that it does because of. Amen to that. It's definitely life's pretty great when you're able to see it from a from a very positive side, right? right. Wow. This hour flew. This has gone by quickly. Yeah, I always tell people that I can preach all day. It's a, it's one of those things where it's you gotta look at me and go, okay, enough. Enough. I don't see this is the thing, I don't want to say enough. Like but like we're getting to be that we're getting to that time. Um to those who again watch or listen after the fact and to those who stuck around i've already gotten a couple of messages uh, thank you uh, i i i don't do this for attention i don't do this for money i don't do this for any other reason than one of you if we through these episodes through these talks can change one person's life this wins. And I've been blessed that now we're 12 episodes in and I've gotten three to four various messages from people who have either interacted live or after the fact and have said one last week still has me like a little bit emotional. Like I thought you were talking directly to me. And, um, uh, that's why we do this. That's you know, why we take the time out of our days to do this. It's the it's that full circle moment. I had 
Right. When I spoke at a, at a school they, where it's for kids that are deemed behavioral issues, and uh, I do it every year, and I was out one day having lunch and asked for my bill, and the waitress comes over, and she's like, someone's paid for your lunch. So I started looking around going, I know nobody in this place. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not supposed to tell you, but she's kind of nodding, and here's this like young, like early 20-year-old kid, and... I'm like, I have no idea who this is. So I walked over and I was like, hey, dude, like, you know, thank you. You didn't have to buy my lunch. I said, do we know each other? And he goes, yeah, we do. He goes, you spoke at my school. And he goes, you know, after that, we talked out in the hall. We exchanged a few emails. The second he said it, I went, I remember you. He goes, thank you. He goes, he was having a lot of problems going down this, you know, um, very depressed space. You know, dad, who wasn't so nice. And, and he goes, right. uh, you know, after we talked, he goes, I left my house. He goes, right now I am going to university. I have a full-time job and I'm living with my girlfriend and my life is awesome. And that started from a conversation that you and I had. And I looked at him and I went, you know what, ma'am? Thank you for, for stopping and telling me that because this is why I do it. It's not about any other thing but to know that. At some point, there's going to be a full circle moment that someone's going to come back and look at me and went, you helped me. Right. You know, I say this to people all the time, and I love doing it at high schools because I say, you know, look around this room. You know, there's all of you are about Ashley's age. Anyone in here ever thought you would be able to save my life? But someone your age did it. You never know where help will come from. Be open to it, allowing it to help you in whatever form it comes and whoever it comes from. Right. I'm a very blessed man that an 18-year-old kid took interest in my life. Right. Again, Scott, thank you so much, brother. We, we, we have so much to, I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg for us, my friend. And um, sure. honored to know you. Honored to have you take an hour out of your time on a Friday afternoon when I'm sure you have 80 million other things to do. But um, I'm massively appreciative of you. So, and of Mike for making the connection because if it wasn't for Mike, this wouldn't have happened. Right. And um, so, Mike, when you watch this or when you listen to this, thank you. And to everybody else, um, I, li I like ending this video series because, again, kind of talking to the entrepreneurs out there, kind of talking to the music people out there, kind of talking to humans just doing their thing. I love ending it on these three words, or these three phrases. Be happy, have fun, and hustle hard. But if you're not truly living the first two, the third one is irrelevant. Think about it. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next one.